0: But Pompey's done for well to get up above Pargill and find Bennett, it's into the box.
1: McNulty, cut back for Roberts! It's Gary Roberts oh, for God Pompey. God, God, Pompey! are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup! Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle So McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty, yes. short for Pompey! Smashes it past McCormack,
0: won by Doyle, finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Pompey. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Gemalo. Lowe, Jamal Lowe's onside, the flag stayed down, Jamal nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant, Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it, Pompey are champions, they've won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce, proud to be Pompey. Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to the PO Forecast episode thirty-nine. Well, it's been a couple of weeks of up and downs as Pompey managed to lose the first game and then get a victory in the Caribou Cup—that's what it's still called—against uh, Birmingham. Joining me today is Pompey News Now writer Sam Stone. Sam, how are you, mate?
1: Hi, I'm good. Hugh. How are you? Yeah, great. Great to have you on the podcast, mate. Oh, cheers. Yeah, it's been a while, but it's good to get back on. Yeah, definitely, and all the way from the States. Where are you at the moment, Sam? I'm currently in just upstate Connecticut, uh, about two hours from New York. I work on a summer camp out in the States each summer. So, missed the start of the football season, but I'm just looking forward to getting back now. Blackpool away is my first game, so I'm, I'm just buzzing to get back up, back home and get involved with all the football again.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. And let's be honest, you're one of those people who travels home and away. Um, mightily impressive.
1: Yeah. I'm Well, was a, Few grounds this season we haven't been to, so we look forward to ticking them off. We've already got tick like Lincoln's one we haven't been to already, so got them in the diary already. Looking forward to. it. I'm just gutted that I can't do Sunderland away in uh, a few weeks. I'm not back then, but yeah, can't do them all.
0: I mean, it's not like we played Sunderland very often last season, Sam. No,
1: no, yeah, well, I haven't been. Yeah, played them too many times, didn't we? <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely, and. And, uh, yeah, next week we're going to have a lot, of, a lot about Sunderland going on.
1: So Oh, God, it all, it all comes around again on Twitter. Their fans get going. And, oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, indeed. I mean, I'm going back on Broker Report for the, about the 50th time. Oh. Um, yeah, writing the article for the Sunderland website. And it's, <laughs> well, it's going to be madness.
1: Yeah, that rogue report's a good listen for anyone who has it out there who hasn't kind of heard it before, especially when Pompey are playing. them. I'd recommend any Pompey fan to give that a listen. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll tweet it out anyway. I'll tweet the link, Sam. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, all right, Sam. Just before we get into looking at the Shrewsbury game, what I was gonna say is let's talk about John Marquis, because you didn't talk about him in the last podcast. He hadn't signed. Um, what are your initial thoughts on the signing?
1: Uh well when I saw it break, it was in I think it was in the Daily Mail it broke first, and I kind of thought it might have been like a kind of rumour that, you know, we've had lots of rumours that go around and they're quashed quite quickly by the club. Um, I know Joe Gallen was asked about it at the Woking game and he kind of didn't play, he played it down like they kind of usually do. Um, I think the outgoing transfer, Jamal Lowe made it a lot easier for him to sign. I don't if Jamal Lowe, because that was so kind of nailed on for him to go. I think the signing, that's what sped the mark with signing up. And I was a bit shocked about how quickly we got him in relation to the player. I personally think he's the perfect striker for what how we play, and maybe a few technical tactical switches up to maybe make him suit a little bit better. But in the whole, who who else in the division would you want, maybe apart from him or Tom Eaves, kind of to be your kind of single man up front who's going to run, be, be a nuisance, and more importantly score goals because he's done it the last three or four seasons. He's just been prolific every single season.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think in, in the last three seasons, um, from Playmakers' stats, they were saying that only three players across all four leagues have scored more goals than John Marquez.
1: Mm, well, exactly. And he always seems to score against us. And every time he's played against us, he's just a nuisance. Him and Burgess, he always got the better of Burgess. And that's, that's not easy to do because Burgess is a very good defender at this level. Um, he always seems to score against us, especially at the keep mode. I always just seem to remember him always scoring against us. He scores all types of goals as well. He's got good movement and he's just coming into the peak of his career at 27. And I feel I'm um, hearing fees are around just under 2 million or maybe one, 1. 1.5 million. I think that's a good fee, considering how much we sold low for. If you told me that we were going to bring in, you know, Harness, Marquis, uh, Downing, McCrory, and, and lose Jamal Lowe and Matt Clark. Yeah, they're two massive players, but you've, I think we've recruited brilliantly around them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we've added more depth, haven't we? Um, Whoa! And, sorry. Uh, yeah, and just, just on a note on that, really, Sam, um, you know, you said about Jamal Lowe leaving, enabling um, him to come in, basically. And yeah, I think I, I caught Mark Catlin at the, at the fans' forum, and he said, you know, once they had John Marquis in on the books as such, it enabled Jamal Lowe to, to get out the door, really.
1: Yeah, I, it's it's a tough one, but I feel like I, don't, I might not be the only Pompey fan who thinks this, but Jamal Lowe leaving wasn't at that. It wasn't the end of the world because of the uh, recruitment of Marcus Harness as a good replacement for him. Um, and for me, I think he's the perfect replacement at a good age, did well last season. So for him already being there, losing Lowe wasn't that bad. And then for Marcus to come in on pretty much the same day, it was. Issue, and I said it last year on, when I came on the podcast. We have struggled at striker, and for him to come in and fit like as a marquee signing in some way, he just it was, it was good news on that day.
0: No, is that it was absolutely outstanding standard news, and um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Harness coming in. I think if you haven't read it already, go and read uh, Freddie's article from Pompey News now because he's written an absolutely fantastic article explaining why uh, Marcus Harness is a perfect rela- um, replacement even for Jamal And you see how he plays and he's a little bit less selfish, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I, I saw the highlights yesterday of the game and he seemed to, there was a few nice balls he played in. He seems quite... Uh, knows when to play in the final pass and such, and then also he he can play at number ten position, which is I've seen on Twitter has been a kind of a a problem area a lot of the on from a lot of fans, but he can play there as well, and that might be something later on the season that he decides to do. But yeah, as you said, he's a different type of player to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's a very direct runner, quick. And don't get me wrong, I, I would have loved to keep him, but I like how the club has recruited someone who's almost a perfect fit in the sense of his age playing this level had a very good season last season and it sounds by the sounds that we beat off a few clubs to beat him to to get his signature and some of those clubs are championship clubs as well
0: yeah no it, no that that is a good point as well that some fans I think were worried that Pompey don't have the pull anymore you know that people didn't want to come to us and you know we couldn't pay the wages but I tell you what John Marcos definitely hasn't signed on the cheap is he
1: no not at all he's pretty much in the prime of his career as well. So we've signed, I, I guess he only had one, he only had a year left on his contract at Doncaster. So they are looking to sell him. But I mean, his wages aren't going to be, <laughs> they're not going to be small, are they? He's a, no, he's not a at all. He's a big name striker in this league. So I, I was worried last season with the way kind of, we were doing, not on the cheap, but we were being astute of our signings. But there could be no one complaining this summer about the way the Isers have gone about it because the the money they've spent has been compared, to, I think Marcus Harness must have been before Marquis came in. He must have been like the most we paid for a player since we were in the championship. So that's yep. a good four or five years. Um, so it's it's good a- to see. 800k
0: that. it was about.
1: Yeah. So that's, I, I can't remember the player of the championship, but we must have not played, we must have not spent that much on a player since we've been in the championship.
0: No, not at all. And um, I know John Marquez. I think, is the, um, he's got the largest fee out of any player um, in, in League One. So,
1: yeah. yeah, that shows and, intent. And you know, S- Sunderland were after him as well, so it's it shows the pull of the club. Um, and for me, I think I, I am really excited to kind of for us to get a first win. And I can see this this team going if they gel. The names we've got, the options we've got, going really far in this league.
0: Yeah, no, completely. Um, yeah, I don't need much more to say on it, is it? We're both ecstatic no. about signing. So, yeah, it's, let's let's use that as transition. When I saw it
1: happen, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, let's use that a transition, mate. It's straight into the, well, not quite as uh, promising, but the Shrewsbury game. It it was a one 0 loss, but it was a loss to an absolutely amazing, wasn't it? Strike.
1: Yeah, it's you usually let him shoot from there because <laughs> the majority of the time that's going to go out for a corner or a throw-in or something, or the keeper's going to save it. It was right in the, it was postage stamp, I think, right in the top right-hand corner. Um, it's it, it's one of them games. I think we had a lot of them. Um, well, it seems to be Pompey have it a lot where we kind of dominate a game and then just concede a goal like that. It was it was a wonderful strike and it, it looked like it was just going to be a draw um, with us dominating the game and not quite having enough to get through, which on the opening day would have taken. But for them to score a goal like that, it's just, there's not a lot we could do about it. And we had the chances towards the end. I've seen the highlights as well. So it looked like we could have potentially got a point out of it. And by the stats as well, it looked like we kind of, dominated the game and from what i've heard it sounded like we did
0: yeah the stats um just people who don't know we had 15 shots to shrewsbury one mm-hmm. three mm. on target only one on target for them that went in mm. only three on target do you think that's concerning maybe or just a, a little bit rustier than the first day of the season
1: well i saw i saw a lot of stuff on twitter at the um after the game saying oh we need a number 10 we need some a bit of creative influence well I think people need to kind of a little bit of a reality check in the fact that we scored uh, throughout the whole season, last season, all competitions, we scored the second most goals in the country behind Man City. So for us, for them, people to go, oh, we don't score goals, it's a little bit of a knee jerk reaction to the result. Yeah, we've, cre- we've maybe not created like guilt edge chances that we needed, but we certainly, well, I don't think scoring goals would be a problem this season with the options we've got up front. I feel that. Maybe a, we'll talk about it later on. I'm guessing but maybe a change in formation to try and accommodate a few players. Um, but I just, it's, I'm guessing it's just to start of the season, try getting those combinations going. Remember, it was Mark was his first game, and, he, and Ellis Harrison had been in up front for the whole of pre-season. So it's quite. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm just. I'm this Saturday. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be a bit more fluid, and I'm expecting a lot of chances to be created.
0: Yes, yeah, so and just touching on the on the goals scored thing, I know we created the third most chances in the. Uh, sorry, that's actually, actually the fourth most chances or high danger scoring chances in the league as well. So chances were created. Mm. It's just it's just one of those things now, isn't it? About converting them.
1: Yeah. So yeah, right. and we've got and a lot of those chances. No disrespect to him, were falling to Ollie Hawkins and. Who would you rather have a guilt edged chance right in front of goal, John Marquis or Ollie Hawkins? I think most people know the answer to that, so I'm sure that will change this season.
0: Yeah, and John Marquis as well. On that topic, could have you know got a goal as well, couldn't he? He, he had a strike that was cleared off the line, and it,
1: yeah, I've seen it, a good, you've seen a few videos of it, and it looked like he couldn't have done much more. It was just brilliant defending on the line.
0: Yeah, absolutely was, wasn't it? I think it was Pompey Pedro that put a video up and it just showed the technique to to sort of cut it back and the keeper was completely flat-footed, wasn't he? Yeah. So, on another day, that's going in. And, you know, he's scoring on his debut.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing you must be said is that Shrewsbury would have... that I'm, I heard they set up with a back five and put a team setting up with a back five at home on the opening day of the season, it shows the kind of respect they've got for Pompey and the players in our team. So they've it's It's always going to be tough, but maybe when we play slightly better teams or teams that are going to come out a little bit more, or we get teams under the cosh at Fratton park it's going to be hard for them to keep us out
0: well, no it definitely is isn't it and then We'll, we'll move on now we'll move on to something more positive and you know yesterday we're recording this on Wednesday so Tuesday night under the lights there's only about 10,000 fans um, to watch us play Birmingham and I think about 1,200 of them were Birmingham fans who mm. obviously di- didn't realise that they're going to play their second team when they purchased tickets I reckon
1: yeah I, I was going to ask what was the, I, I couldn't really work out the Birmingham 11 was it a second string 11 or Absolutely.
0: They, blood and um, one of the players they played um, was 16. He was their youngest ever player to play for them. So oh, right. it, it was a completely um, a youth team, as such. And th- you know, their manager said that you know, their season starts on Saturday in the championship. So he wasn't willing to to play the guys midweek.
1: Yeah, uh, it's understandable, but it's obviously good for for Portsmouth to kind of get a win under the belt. It looked like we scored. Well, Ben Close's goal was wonderful wonderful strike and good to get a, a win under the belt as well scoring some
0: oh just lost you there for a sec Sam all right no we're back now yeah okay, no Ben cool. Close's goal was an absolute absolute bit of quality wasn't it um, yeah yeah it was really windy down Fratton Park as well and the ball just sort of we all know Ben Close has got that positioning now, hasn't he? That yeah. he sort of hangs in that central role just off the goal. I mean, i said last season it's sort of like that sort of weird like Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard position, oh, yeah. isn't I was,
1: it? I was just about to say, Stephen Gerrard, he kind of just coming onto the ball as it's cut at the perfect timing just outside the D. So just that, that strike yesterday was probably his best one because he did it a few se- few times last season. He did it against Bradford, I think we won 5 1. Yeah, kind of perfect timing, gets onto the that ball just coming back and the goal yesterday was probably his best goal for Pompey because that was a wonderful strike.
0: It's really difficult technique, isn't it, to hit it when the ball goes that high and it's just falling down from the sky. But you see how he shapes his body up to hit it, don't you? And he knew exactly where he wanted to put that.
1: Yeah, and it kind of begs the question of, it's a a nice kind of issue to have whether selection issue now because there was a few good performances last night and, Obviously, Ellis Harrison, Ben Close, they all seem to be they're putting their names in the hat to start. And it'll be interesting to see, because McCurry's available on Saturday as well, to see whether who Jacket goes with. Because for me, we've got too many players in certain positions. We don't, don't know who he's going to start.
0: Yeah, no, completely. It's one of those things, though. It's such a good thing. It's such a good problem, isn't it, to have mm. when you've got too many players that, you know we could see playing in the first team everyone's got an opinion but I think at this stage of the season it's going to be a little bit of trial and error and that's what happened with Kenny Jacket because he went to a 4-3-3 formation against Birmingham which you know really showed a little bit of well flexibility doesn't it
1: yeah it's good I'd say we've probably got three good formations now that we could potentially use Um, but then again it's hard to kind of fit the personnel in there so like as you say, four-three-three, we play an Ellis Harrison up front with three in the middle. Like it's hard to who do you put in? Who do you put in? Where do you fit John Marquess into that? Does he just swap for Ellis Harrison when he's had a really good game? I mean, Andy Cannon as well. I kind of heard mixed reports about him, but it's just kind of it's hard. Maybe Ben Close could play in that ten position, but then if you want to go two up front, how are you going to fit all those players? From the you're going to have to take a player out of the midfield. So it's it's a good selection dilemma to have, and. I, it could be anyone's guess who, as to who he plays on Saturday. Um, but I don't, to be fair, how does anyone know what the best 11 is at the moment?
0: Well, they don't. But what we did do, and um, we'll get into that uh, a bit later when we finish this Birmingham review, is we did put that question out to you guys. Uh, we did a poll, et cetera, and we'll see what people thought. But you asked me about Andy Cannon and how I thought he played. Watching it, watching it on the TV, which is where I watched it from, after a late finish at work... I genuinely thought he had an okay-ish game. Mm. I still think he's not match fit. He hasn't played that much football, but he was a little bit off the pace, you know, but can you judge him against, you know, Tom Naylor and Ben Close, who he's playing next to?
1: It's a tough one. For me, Andy Cannon needs probably five or six good kind of cut games or games or substitute appearances to kind of merit a starting place. Could, uh, just considering what we've got in and around him, and the formations we're looking to play, you just don't see him getting in ahead of you know McCorry or Close or Pittman if he's if he's going to play Pittman in that ten position um, or Ellis Harrison because I know there's been rumours about playing him in that ten position with Mar- uh, Marcus up front or even if you wanted to go four four two playing two up front then we just completely like makes we don't play over number ten so. Maybe finding his best position as well, that might be an issue for him. And he has had seven months off, so I think we've got to judge him after he's had five or six good games in maybe less important games or cup games, EFL trophy games. And if he plays well in them, then maybe consider him. But it's been a tough start for him, but he did well at Rochdale. They seem gutted to let him go. And I've heard rumours that he's got quite a good strike of a ball, so maybe it will be interesting to see with him. It's kind of a similar situation to Bryn Morris as well. They kind of had their careers just haven't kick-started yet
0: yeah no completely and um, you know what that reminded me of Sam what you said about playing five odd games in, in the EFL Cup or you know whatever competition I mean, Christian Burgess couldn't get in the side could he last season he had Watmore mm. there you know you know who really established that partnership with with Clark yeah. and then you know then he got that opportunity the injury to Watmore you know sad but he stepped in and I think he's one of our best players towards the end of last season
1: yeah, and the way he got over those mistakes, because the mistakes were, they were, the one. there was a few mistakes, one against Doncaster might have been, he just kind of got over them and his performance towards the end, especially when we were kind of gunning for those promotion places, he was he really stepped up and it's impressive to see. And it seems like kind of Jacket stuck with him alongside Downing, because I thought it would be Downing and Raggett to kind of get those two spaces, but it's, it's nice that he stuck with him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think Raggett had a slight knock as well, didn't he? But yeah. I think I think at the same time it does work. You know, having some players not a wholesale change if that makes sense in the back in at the centre of defence because. You've got a left back in Lee Brown, who, you know, experienced but used to playing with Burgess and knows how he plays. Yeah. Um, exactly. Again, yeah, you've got walks on the right. Again, he knows Burge, you know. So you're just, you're inserting one defender um, and a really class one in Downing. I've been really impressed with him in pre season um, and again, going into, into these last two games.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask how he got on, but um, it, I get where you're coming from, especially in defence. Considering like last season, at the start of the season, our good form was based off our solid defence, um, and those back five not didn't really. Well, had Nathan Thompson obviously, but those back five didn't really change. So you want consistency in your defending, and I like the way he's gone about kind of keeping, uh, keeping him the Burgers in that team, and it's it seems to be he's repaying him with some good performances as well.
0: Com- completely, and over the last. Uh, two games um, Pompey have only had four shots on target uh, well not us but you know the opposition's only had four shots on McGivory they've been on target yeah. uh, and, and that is credit to the defence and Downing looks very comfortable
1: um, yeah. he's,
0: he, he's comfortable on the ball he looks a little bit of a threat going forwards um, his heading's decent he's quicker than I thought as well he's yeah, a bit I've, quicker than I thought
1: I've heard that he's um, uh, a good pass with the ball he can find good um, like Fresh good balls into the midfield, um, and I think maybe a little bit of a different player to Matt Clark. Obviously, Matt Clark's huge, huge boots to fill, but it seems an astute signing as well. With the like, kind of a free signing as well. Um, I'm in defense. I'm not too worried this season. I think we will be fine considering the way we've recruited, and we'll just go on from that solid base. That, as you said, the the goals we conceded, the one on Saturday, there was not the it was nothing they could do about that, and to only to reduce the shots on target as well.
0: Yeah, only to four. I think that's outstanding.
1: Yeah, for yeah. so the first two games, it's a, it's a good, good solid start. We've just got to try and convert the other, the ones at the other end and I'm sure we'll be on a run in no time.
0: How important do you think it is, Sam, that we got that win against a youthful Birmingham side, it?
1: Um I'd say that just to kickstart our season, to get, just get scoring goals, to especially Verlis Harrison, he only scored one goal last season for him to get two already in his first game. Must be a huge confidence boost for him. And I, I'm i sure they can't wait just to get out there on, on Saturday and just go up, tram from the start and try and get an early goal. If they get an early goal, it could be three or four because teams have to come out then. And that's when we seem to be at our best on the break with the pace we've got on the wings.
0: Yeah, and I, I think um, I also thought Ronan Curtis... He looked a bit sharper. He played an absolutely mm. quality ball uh, for Ellis Harrison's second goal as well. And when you look how he hits that, it's just with a lot of finesse. And it just perfectly yeah. hangs up at the back. Constantly a threat from corners as well. Um, Lee Brown did well on the overlap. I'm going to mention this because Lee Brown, <laughs> mate, I had pound seventy-five on you to score first yesterday. I'm sorry to score at any time. Um, <laughs> 33 to 1. I was really hoping that that went in and I don't know if you've
1: seen the highlights Sam but I've heard I've heard <laughs> it's going to happen though it's coming I can tell you that now so yeah he, he did it against QPR as well didn't his goal get it was an own goal cross he had and I got the paid out on that one. Oh, he did get paid out on it oh right yeah,
0: Sky paid me out on that and I just cashed out I just t- <laughs> t- took the money out of the account or whatever but um, yeah I think he put his hands up and said that wasn't a goal as well yeah. but hey Sky gave it to me, so happy days. And people from earlier on, from sorry, people who listened last season will know that I've been bragging about that. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, it was a it was a solid all round display against Birmingham, and I think it's you know Harness looked good. He did something quite interesting actually. He he was dribbling the ball. He knocked it on the counter attack, and he knocked it past one of one of the Birmingham um, midfielders. He ran into space, but then he just slid this ball through for Curtis, who had a shot and. Um, unfortunately, it was saved or whatever, but it just shows that ability to sort of cut a team open and, and find that, you know, more difficult ball actually from from Marcus Harness.
1: Yeah, it, I'll be. Ex- I'm excited to watch him play. Um, I remember watching the game against Burton last season, the one that we complete. We didn't deserve anything out of it, but managed to win. Um, just the way he kind of, he, he's got a, f- a good football brain. He doesn't just. Uh, he's different players to Jamal Lowe, He's quite kind of run off the player, whip a ball in. He seems to be able to compose himself in attacking areas and then slide a nice ball in or not, not rush it. Um, and I'll just go back to Ronan Curtis as well, saying, look, I, I get the feeling he's a bit refreshed because the end of last season really kind of took its toll on him, a long, long season. And yeah. now he see, that break seems to have done him really good. Um, it would just be... And you said about the ball he floated into Ellis Harrison that was real quality there. It wasn't just a kind of whip ball in. He genuinely knew that ball was going, chipped it in perfect, like waiting for him to head it in. It seems like he's, uh, obviously it's only one game, but if he's kind of developed a bit more composure in those like final, like that final third, instead of shooting all the time or whipping a ball in really hard and maybe looking for actually a player instead, it'd it'd be nice to see. But I really think the break's done him good and hopefully he can kind of hit the ground running again and then keep that going throughout the whole season.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think he looks a lot more refreshed and what I thought was impressive really was I, I watched him at Crawley, um, I was at the game, and I thought he was snapping at shots a bit, he kept leaning back, and he looked frustrated and it wasn't working for him, even though he looked refreshed and, you know, he looked dangerous going forward, I just think he looks a little bit more relaxed now and I think, mm. get, even though he didn't score, I think getting that, you know, perfect assist and stuff will really add to his confidence And with Ronan, he's playing at his best, isn't he? When he's not overthinking about things too much. He's just doing what he does best.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and last, when he kind of the middle of the season, he just dropped off significantly from how he started the season. You want him to be playing with freedom, expression, kind of going at defenders and and then having the quality in the final areas. But he was towards the end of the season, he just was getting found out too often, wasn't changing it up, and was trying to do everything. And as a winger, you don't want to be trying to do everything all the time. You want to, when it's not going for you, show some composure, try and play the ball instead of trying to take someone on the whole time. But obviously, if he can do both things, add two di- oh, like two dimensions to his game, we, c- we could see another great season from him. But I just hope it lasts a little bit longer this season because he's had a full pre-season to kind of be like... Because he came straight from the Irish League last season. So... It must have been very tough for him to get through through the whole like whole end of the season. So hopefully we can see the best out of him throughout the whole season this year.
0: No, completely, um, and I think we will. I genuinely do. I think he's even last season there was a bit of a you know who was better at the start of the season, wasn't it? People saying you know Ronan or Jamal, and I think he's he's blooded in now, isn't he? He knows the league. He knows the defenders he's playing against. And I think he'll really take a step forward this season, which is great, yeah. you know, which will really benefit the
1: team as well. And, and the way he played towards the, at the start of the season anyway, it was, it was everything that Pompey fans kind of wanted. he put give absolutely everything. He's great with the club. He, he knows the club. He understands it. And I, I'd love to see him kind of keep that going throughout the whole season. Because if he does... He, he could be getting that move next year to a bigger club if he kind of continues how he did at the start of last season, because he's clearly got the ability. He just needs to try and maintain it throughout the whole season, the way he plays. And yeah, the fans, the fans love him and hopefully it'll be another good season for him.
0: Yeah. And well, let's hope that we can get promoted and, and keep hold of him.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot more confident this year of promotion than I was last year. Just, I've just got a good feeling. I'm, I wasn't expecting us to do as well as we did last year, but this season, it's almost like that kind of that season in league two where we won the league. I feel I'm excited and I've got a good feeling about it.
0: Yeah, completely. And you look at the teams that come down, obviously Bolton are an absolute sort of, you know, disarray. So that's one team, you know, that aren't going to, aren't going to challenge, you know, Rotherham, you know, probably around the playoffs, but I'm not thinking they're going to storm the league from coming Mm. down. And then you look at, Ipswich, you know, they've added OK. Yeah. And they've, they, they've got a fairly good League One team, I'd say, already, which is what they struggled in the Championship. But, but I don't think they're, you know, an outstanding team.
1: But we, I look at that, they, they, they've got James Norwood, obviously. And if you said to me who'd rather have James Norwood or John Marquess, it's John Marquess every day of the week. He's performed at its level for years now. They've got James Norwood, who's completely unproven. Um if you, I don't know if you listen to the D three D four podcast. They did a uh, predictions of yeah, yeah, of the, yeah, with, um, with James they, on it, yeah, yeah, and they uh, they obviously did League One. They they said everything they said about Portsmouth. It was obviously nice to hear from a Pompey fan, but it it kind of gave me a bit more confidence that it's not just we're seeing it like that. Other clubs fans are seeing it as well. That we could be a real threat this season.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't listened to it, um, I will spoil the end of it, but still go and listen to it. Um, you know, they predicted Pompey to w- to win the league
1: and comfortably as well. It wasn't just yeah. Uh, the, the way they kind of <laughs> talked about the recruitment and stuff, it, it it's it's refreshing to hear. And if any Pompey fans want to would listen, I'd highly recommend listening to it because it kind of it shows it. It's uh, I'm trying to think what the word is, but they're very pragmatic about it. They kind of go through all the reasons why, and it's it's for any Pompey fans that aren't sure, it's a really good listen.
0: Yeah, hopefully that will give um, any Pompey fans who are a bit more cynical maybe a That's bit, of, the word, com- a bit yeah. of confidence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's get let's get into into the questions. And obviously today I put out a couple of questions uh, for you guys to come back to us on. Um, you know what, Sam? I should have pulled up the poll I'd done. I actually had done it, but then I thought I've actually skipped the page. But I basically put out a poll asking should Pompey keep the four three three formation? That they played on on Tuesday. Um, do you have any initial thoughts on this, Sam?
1: Uh, it's a tough one because of the players you bring in. And I mean, if we we're going to play four three three, I'd like to see Ben Close stay in there, um, and maybe McCrory come out, come in for Andy Cannon, play three in the middle with Ben Close just slightly in front, give him a bit more freedom. Um, but then obviously the other the other question marks about who you play out front: John Mark with Ellis Harrison, because. Uh, by the by, the sounds of his performance yesterday, Ellis Harrison thoroughly deserves a start. Um, but then you've also got the quality of John Marquis, who's clearly the main man for Kenny because of the money he spent on him. So it's it's a really hard one to kind of predict what's going to happen.
0: I mean, it was a bit of a muddled response in some ways. I put out the question initially, that do you want Ellis Harrison to start, you know, in that 10 role? Or, or just does he deserve to get, get a game against Tranmere? And the over, you know, riding, um, response was yeah, you know, mm. and you, you they sort of, you know, you have to play him. How could you drop him, etc. But then you look at the poll of, you know, what uh, formation should Poppy play, and it's basically resoundingly saying that we should play four three three. And I yeah. don't know, I don't know if um, it that allows him to get a game because of what a marquee signing Marquez is.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if he's going to play. I'd like us to play four four two with them both up front, but then that also raises the issue of Ross McCrory, who seems, by all accounts, to be a very Ben Thompson esque kind of player. From some people saying better than Ben Thompson, and but then does he come in, or do you keep Ben Close in there? So in a two in the middle, I personally play McCrory just because he seems to be a bit more competitive than Ben Close, and if you're playing two up front, you do need two in the midfield who are going to dominate instead. But then if you're playing, it's it's a it's a muddle for those kind of number 10 and those t- that striking position. I'd, it's tough because Kenny's always played a 4-2-3-1. So part of me will think he'll go back to that. But I'd like us to maybe... It is tough. It's kind of an experimental time in the season, trying to work out your best kind of formation and your best 11. But it's a great dilemma to have. Personally, I think Ellis Harrison seems to have deserved, deserves a start purely because I've heard he's... Energetic, good header of the ball, hassles defenders, and it's tough because you just said relieving Marcus on the bench, and just, yeah, it's it's a really tough one.
0: <laughs> I mean, sure, I'll read out the um, what what you guys uh, voted on our poll. Um, we had five hundred and forty-two votes first, so thanks for that. That's appreciated, guys, getting involved. Sixty-five percent of people who voted want us to keep the four-three-three. Um, twenty-four percent of people wanted us to go back to 6 percent wanted us to go four, two, three, one, and five percent voted to go three five two. Do you feel that some fans are a little bit negative about the sort of the four-two-three-one and its association with the sort of hoofball style that some people don't like?
1: I think that you've got to kind of take into perspective that last year we scored a lot of goals using that formation. We used it. We, it wasn't necessarily the striker scoring all the goals, it's the three behind him that scored all the goals. Um, so having like Marquis or Ellis Harrison up there is going to complement the three behind him. It's a, it is a really difficult one because a lot of fans kind of ultimately think, oh, two strikers, that will mean more goals. But we saw it last season with Ollie Hawkins, he can link it off to other players who then score the goals. So I feel it's harsh to kind of go away from that formation straight away. But... It's just the personnel we've got. I don't know if it will fit at the moment, trying to fit all our quality players in. Because for me, the players that should start are Close, McCrory, Harrison and Mark, uh, yeah, Harrison and Marquis. But how do you get them all in the same team? I don't know if you can. But they are four quality players that, in my opinion, need to be playing.
0: I mean, the only, there isn't really a way, I don't think, unless you play Harrison out wide, which Kenny did hint is a possibility. I don't mm. think that's going to happen. I didn't personally want to see that. But yeah, Sam, did you vote on the poll?
1: I didn't. I haven't had time to vote on it. i am quite <laughs> quite busy. But I mean, if I could have voted, it's a tough one. I'm not. I'm. I'm torn on it. If I had voted, I wouldn't have been too sure what I was. What what one was best, either way. So
0: yeah, I, I was going to say if you voted, which one did you vote for? But that's cool. I'll be honest. I I actually voted to. Well, I didn't vote, but I would have voted to keep the four three three. I just hmm. think that. I know it's tough to drop Ellis Harrison after that mega performance, and that will have to be a decision for Kenny whether he keeps him up front or whether he brings John Marcus back into the sides. But I just feel that Ross McCrory's got absolute quality, and he, you know he's unlucky to get sent off the other day. But when you when I watched him play against Crawley, best player on the pitch, you know by yeah, a long I've, way.
1: I've only heard good things. I've heard kind of Ben Thompson-esque kind of things about him. Some people were saying better. I'm not too sure if that's true, but I am excited to see him play.
0: Yeah, and he should be. I and mean, people should go back and listen to the um, interview I did with Stevie from Four Lads Had a Dream, which is the Rangers um, blog up there. And he discusses, you know, Ross McCrory's journey and, you know, why he's the sort of player that, you know, should help us get promoted, really.
1: Yeah, I, I've got one of my best mates who's a Rangers fan and he had only good things to say about him. So it's, it's a good signing because we, we needed that kind of player when Ben Thompson left last season. We could see we were just struggling a lot in that position so hopefully we keep him for the whole season this time this time around
0: yeah well that is the only danger isn't it that he could go back do you know what though i thought about us playing 433 do you remember the barnsley at home game where oh, we, I do. We, we missed that penalty um omar Bogle against at, in front of the front end yeah mm. but that game i thought we were really good against yeah. the barnsley side who have a you know, quality passing side and i thought no, Brim Morris has had a bit of stick or whatever, but he in that game about, he was yeah. outstanding. Yeah, and, and I really think that formation could work very well when you've got three absolute quality midfielders and Tom Naylor, who looks every bit, and I think people are talking about this. You know, the, the potential captain of this side, and then in front of him yeah. you've got Ross Corey and Ben Close. I I think that's that's dangerous, and I don't think many yeah. teams are yeah. going to want to line up against those three in the middle.
1: Yeah, well, I, I wrote about that game when it happened because I thought we were absolutely superb throughout the whole game. and um, completely dominated them in the midfield, even with Bryn Morris in there. Thought we completely dominated them, and they are a good passing side. We thoroughly deserve to win that game, and if we had won that game, we probably wouldn't be playing in this division anymore. But and we, I don't know why we didn't stick to that formation afterwards because I thought we were excellent but the way we dominated that midfield, stopped them passing, and we got us on the front foot up the high up the pitch. Um, I would definitely, if we played 4 3 3, I definitely would be against it. But it's just the question of do you, I'd like to see Ben Close given a bit more freedom. Because um, for me, he's not a deep line midfielder. He can, he's kind of that player that can drop in, pick the ball up, but not have those like, defensive responsibilities that McCrory and Naylor has, I'd like to see, yeah. come, as you said, that kind of that Lampard role, kind of number eight, get that freedom to go up. And if he doesn't get back, it's not the end of the world. Because he's got two excellent CDMs just behind him. And if he plays in that higher up position, I could see him scoring a lot more goals because he, he's kind of. It's a part of his game that he's just added. And I'd, I feel that Ben Close could be. And his passing is excellent as well to set up those front three. Actually, yeah, you've convinced me. I'd like us to play 4 3 3. I'm sad. There we go. Ben there Close we go. Just kind of in front. Yeah. Just Have in front got, of those love two.
0: That. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, definitely. And also, I think they can. They're all smart players, can't they? So when they see someone go forward, say Ross McCrory, you know, goes on a little run or whatever, you'll see Ben Close supporting, but also someone can can drop back as such, you know, a bit like they used to do with Matt Clark when he went on those steaming runs from defence, but in a yeah. midfield situation, um, I don't think that's going to open us up. But I also think having the three in midfield helped us be a little bit um, less direct and, yeah. you know, it's pass the ball yeah. more, short passes, build up play, getting the ball in front, you know, in front of the wingers, basically. So they can attack the ball in front of them rather yeah. than just ball that comes into to Curtis or Harness and it bounces and they've got their back to goal. Um, and yeah. I think it's never going to they're never going to be utilised properly. And hmm. um, so just looking at some of the responses people gave to us, um, Stephen Rose said close as a baller, I'd play him. Um, Will Frisk said he has to play. He's been our best player this calendar year. Maybe Naylor, possibly a part. Um, may come good yet. So, you know, we missed him badly at Shrewsbury too for the football he plays in that deeper area. So, I think Will's inferring as well there that Ben Closer allows us to play a bit more of a passing game. Do you agree?
1: I, I do agree and it's it, it would be nice if he kind of gave him that licence to like whatever in that midfield. He could drop back if he wants to. He could go forward. I feel that we've always kind of used to playing that number 10 who's going to be combative, run off the striker, not necessarily be the best technical player like Gareth Evans has played in there a few times. Brett Pittman's played in there a few times. It would be nice if we could play someone who's going to get the foot on the ball and actually play it into the winger's feet instead and then look for someone in the box because it's just... I get where you're coming from about the hoof ball up to you know whoever the striker is looking for a flick on, then for the number ten to run in behind him. it's yeah. a kind of it's a percentage game, and it doesn't work. Well, it, it does. It it does work. It's been proven to work, but it's not good. And it'd be nice if we could find a way of getting Ben close into that team. That's gonna he's gonna he's gonna score goals because he's proven he's gonna score goals. But also he's got a good pass. He's got a good vision on him. So. It'd be nice if he was a bit more aggressive in his passing. Maybe tried to play uh, like a killer ball a more often than he does because he often tries to play into defeat. It'd be nice if he tried to, you know, thread a ball in behind every now and then. But it would be, it would be. I'd like him to play in that kind of cam role on um on Saturday. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I'm in agreement on that. And let's just have a little uh, quick read of what other people said about you know the, the formation, where they want to play, and Ellis Harrison should he play. Um Jamie Mansell said, great performance from Harrison last night. Doesn't deserve to be dropped after that, but I don't see him as a number 10 myself. So Kenny Jackett was in big decisions for this weekend. Um, obviously just touching on what me and you said about, you know, if we even if we did go 4-3-3, you know, who's going to play in that striking role? Um, mm. Chris Gerrard said he'd like to play them both up front and Ben Close somewhere behind them. But then Pittman's but- had a great preseason.
1: Yeah, but the problem with that is if you play them both up front and Ben Close sits in behind you've got what we play a diamond in the midfield so it kind of takes out our wingers who are our most effective part of our play so it, it, that, for me you can't play them both up front and have Ben Close in the same team because then you'd, it, Ben Close isn't going to, I don't think he's as effective when he's in a two in the midfield, his best position is when he's given a bit more freedom if he's in a two in midfield he's got those defensive responsibilities and he he's was kind of not shown up but it's kind of been highlighted a few times that he's better when he's not he has not got those responsibilities he can kind of go forward and express himself
0: no completely i think i think he's at best when he's thinking about you know like when for his goal even he was in that position the lampard gerard position when he he's got that luxury even hasn't he to place himself yeah, exactly. outside of the box and not worry about having to to cover that defensive um, you know, if the ball breaks the other way, he's not going to be left, you know, hanging to dry. Basically, so um, Jamie May says either way, Harrison deserves the start on Saturday, even if it means Marquez starts on the bench. Uh, ben Pay ag- agrees with him on that as well. So it's a really, it's a really, it's a really yeah. tough one. Obviously, he did well because you know I wouldn't think there'd be many fans that would have thought that Harrison could have edged Marquez out of the team for Saturday before he played, you know, yesterday night. Mm-hmm.
1: But it seems like, from what I've read, he seems like he's, I, you obviously watched the game, well I couldn't, he seems like he's energetic, good header of the ball, a nuisance, chases everything down, and that's what that's what the fans want, that's what the system kind of needs, um, that's what it's. That's the type of striker you need up front, uh, someone who's a bit more mobile but can also hold the ball up, and he seems to be a good finisher, especially with his head, it's just really tough when you've got a striker of John Marks' quality on the bench, and if we can get John Marquis scoring goals, then we could be—he could get 25, 30 goals a season if he if he gets in the groove. Ellis Harrison has had one good season with Bristol Rovers, but is he—he he hasn't done that consistently like John Marquis. It's a really—it is a really tough one. But maybe for the long run, I do feel that John Marquis is the better option. But if he's in good form, then who knows? Kenny might just throw him in, and then he could get another two goals to his name. Do you think you should select players on form? I think it takes... Yeah, it's a tough one. I do think it should be taken into consideration. If a player's in good form, good confidence, they're more more effective than when they're, they're not in in a good vein of form. But John Marcus isn't in a bad vein of form. From all accounts, I've heard he looked lively on, on Saturday. Um, I think he won the Man of the Match Award on the Pompey News Now site. So he yeah. just... If we can get him scoring goals, I feel that he'll be from well, he'll be a lot more prolific than Harrison will be. Even though Harrison's shown that he kind of he can be that striker that we need up front, it is it's a really tough decision. But I would I would stick with Marquis. Just I just feel he's a prolific striker and he's a, he's our main man. And a lot of fans have got their kind of hopes pinned on him. And if he gets his first goal, he could be up and running. And who knows how many he could score.
0: I think he said he wants to score 25 goals this season. So, you know,
1: yeah. W- yeah, a lot
0: of players don't come out and say that sort of thing, do they?
1: Yeah, he's confident in his ability. He's Yeah, uh, for me, I would like to see him play. And if it's not working, we've got a good option off the bench of Harrison, who's in good form.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I think I'm in agreement. But just to throw a last spanner in the works before we move on to looking at the Tranmere game, um, you've got Sean Fair, and he said, we want to play 3-5-2. So <laughs> let's have a look at this. Yeah, we've got McGivory. Birdie, yeah. Downing,
1: Brown, Harness,
0: McQuarrie, Close, Naylor, Curtis, Marcus Harrison.
1: I don't. I don't personally feel like we've got the the wingers to kind of play that formation. Curtis. I don't, if you're going to play Brown at centre back as well, that's not ideal. To consider we've got Raggett, who's a very good centre half at the on on the bench as well. Like if you're going to play it, you'd have to maybe. Drop Curtis and play Brown left wing back, and then play Raggett. And for me, it's a formation. I think we played once under Kenny Jacket, maybe two seasons ago. I think it was against Rotherham at home. We played three at the back. I, I don't think it's the, the only thing. Is it does get those kind of free attacking players in the same team, which can work, but it's a t- it is a tough one. But probably not for me at the moment. We've not really played it at all, so.
0: I feel, I feel that you can be very susceptible to dropping into a back five in that system.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: um, and then you've got Curtis and and ha- um, sorry, Curtis and Harness playing as wing backs as such. Yeah, and they're oh, not going to be as
1: effective. Yeah,
0: no, no. I think one of those might actually end up getting sent off or something tragic. Yeah, yeah. Just talking about um, Brown playing in a three. Uh, ben Ellis agrees with you, and he says you'd rather play Raggett, not Brown, if that, if we're going to play that formation.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, let's move on. I think we've covered that pretty well, mate. So, um, th- also, thanks everyone for sending in um, your responses. Um, it's much appreciated as always. Um, cool. Tranmere, let's have a look at um. Are you confident, Sam?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, especially after the performance midweek. Uh, performance on Saturday, by all accounts, was good. Very unlucky not to get a point, at least. Um, Tranmere, I believe they lost, didn't they? 3-2. They did. Three, yeah, yeah, lost 3-2 opening game. They've lost a key player in James Norwood. Um, they have come up through the playoffs, and so might have a bit of momentum. Good manager as well, good support behind them. It'll be a tough game, I feel, but I do think if we get an early goal, um, it could be a comfortable win if, if we get the early goal. If we don't, it could be a bit of a struggle like we've had in previous seasons, trying to break a side down. It does depend how they come and play as well, because in League 2, they would have come out of teams quite often because they had obviously a good squad in League 2. Um, going up through the playoffs, they played some good football. But it'll be interesting to see how they play against us, considering we're one of the big guns in this league, whether they come out and play against us or whether they sit back. Um, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on their recruitment, how they've kind of recruited. I'm sure you're kind of enlighten me on that. Yeah, But, yeah.
0: I mean... Last season, Tranmere were a team that sort of made a late storm, didn't they, for the playoffs and got through. They're a very informed team. Um, But I know, what's I was listening to Danny Cowley, actually, and he was saying that basically they're one of the hardest teams to play against because they can play passing football, they can hit Mm -hmm. you on the counter-attack, and they're also a fairly physical team as well. So... We'll have a look at how they play, but against Rochdale, they played a four-two-three-one formation, um, and obviously they lost James Norwood, and that is a, a massive loss. Um, and and in, instead, they started with Payne up front, mm. uh, Stefan Payne, who is Stefan Payne, th- yeah, and he he played for Bristol Rovers, didn't he? Last and season, he had a very
1: good season at Shrewsbury as well. A cup when they went on that run a few years ago, he played for Shrewsbury, I think.
0: Yeah, so that's not that's a pretty decent signing. I'm looking at the signings that they signed. It's quite a lot of players, and I won't include the players they signed from academy and stuff. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players, they've um, nine, well, 10 players actually. I'll include loan signings in that. And when you have a look at the squad churn stats on you know, turnover and how much, I think it's a percentage of how many players you played minutes last season are still in the squad. Okay. Mm. Um, Tram is only 55%. Yeah. So they've had a bit of a turnover, whilst Pompey are at 67.6%. So Tranmere are in the bottom third of teams that have had the highest turnover in players. Obviously, you've got Berry and Bolton at the bottom, um, followed by Doncaster, who actually only have 38.5% of the players left. They played all the minutes last season in their squad. Um, We weren't too well on that. But Tranmere, yeah, they lost 3-2 to Rochdale they were pretty unlucky to be honest because two things they came up against a top quality league one striker they'll have to get used to that in Ian Henderson and he he knows where the goal is doesn't he
1: yeah he always scores goals at this level and always well what Rochdale always seemed to just kind of cling on at the end of the season and always <laughs> he always seems to be a vital part of that but i I'm not sure were they behind early because i I've been hard to kind of keep up with the results.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll talk you through it. So effectively they went, they went three nil down. And uh, then they scored two very late. So 89 minutes, I think it was and one after 90 minutes. Mm. Um, They actually had better stats than Rochdale by XG by expected goals. Um, They, they had 2.0 whilst Rochdale actually had 1.2, even though they scored three goals. So that just shows the quality, doesn't it? Of Henderson up front, really taking those chances. And, you know, credit to Tranmere, in the first half, it looked it looked pretty close. And then as the game went on, they built momentum. But every time they tried to build momentum, they conceded. Um, and Henderson basically just punished them. Um, yeah. So, Stefan Payne, obviously, um, he had the, the best uh, stats again by XG, uh, followed by Jennings. And Jennings uh, was one of the guys who, who got the goal. And I believe the, the last goal was an own goal, effectively, um, by Tranmere. I'm just having a look through the signings that they got and players to watch, effectively. Um, Sid Nelson, people will know, came from Millwall. Millwall, Millwall, yeah. He, he was he was on loan last season. Um, I know Ben Thompson actually went up to watch him in
1: the playoffs. Yeah, Do they remember that? Friends.
0: Yeah, he's a very good defender. I think that's a great signing on a free transfer. Uh, he's 23 years old. I think he's pretty dynamic at the back. Um, although he didn't get a start in this game, which is quite interesting, because I would have expected him to to start. Um, they've got Davis in goal. I think he's a good player as well. Looking through their their signings, I don't know. Do you know who Jordan Pontoneghi is, if I'm pronouncing that right, from Coventry?
1: I can't say I do. Um, you, my my knowledge is usually pretty good of the lower leagues, but <laughs> I yeah. can't say I do, no.
0: So, so they also signed t- uh a player on loan from Aston Villa, Rushton Hepburn Murphy, which is a fantastic name in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> um, and then they picked up a lot of free transfers, mate. So they got Morgan Ferrier from Warsaw. Yeah, that's uh, a good, decent
1: signing at this level.
0: Who else did they get? Darren Potter from Rotherham, 34 years old. <laughs> so that's an odd one. Um, they got Callum Woods, who's a right back from Bradford. Again, 32. Um, and there's a lot of me too signings here, mate. George Ray from Crew. I don't know yeah. him.
1: Do you know him? No, I can't. No, see? That. Yeah.
0: So they got Stefan Payne, who we've always talked about. I know that. Um, and then another guy from Aston Villa, Corey Blackett Taylor, on a free transfer from the Aston Villa youth side. So they've built a squad, really, haven't they? On yeah. absolutely no money,
1: effectively. Yeah. That- it's going to be a tough season for them. I, I, the only thing that I would say that would worry me a bit is the fact that they've come through the playoffs. They might have a bit of momentum coming into next season, but then you've also said they had quite a ch- like turnover of players, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they adapt. Because you know, teams that have done well after getting like Coventry last year, coming up through the playoffs um, and did well like last season, especially towards the back end, they kind of have a bit of momentum and can carry that on. Um, it will be interesting to see if Tranmere can. Uh, losing their best player as well is never going to help. It's No. It's gonna big be a boots,
0: beast. isn't it? To, big boots to fill for Stephan Payne, really, to
1: fill yeah. James Norwood's boots. Especially in a higher league as well. Going up and then losing your best player is always going to be a struggle. It, uh, I've got a feeling it might be a long season for them, but they've got a great fan base. And I remember the last time they were in league, uh, a couple of, must have been when we were in league two, but they did very well at the top end of league one for a while and then dropped off towards the end so they, they can do it at this level they're a league one club they're definitely a league one club but they're just maybe struggling a little bit with finances
0: yeah I think I think they'll be decent to be honest um, interesting uh, Rushton Hepburn Murphy I talked about who came on as a striker to try and help them actually got sent off in this game near the end um, but, which probably doesn't help them at all but it means that he won't be available for the game against us so happy days in that sense I was talking about Payne quickly up front and I know you said he he had a good good season for Shrewsbury before so maybe he can rekindle that form but last season for Bristol who let's be honest Bristol Rovers absolutely struggled didn't they for any sort of goals um, at the first half of the season anyway and then yeah he got he had 26 performances and only two goals. Yeah. So, well,
1: they, mm, they, more yellow cards than goals he had. Mm, well, Bristol Rovers were actually quite good defensively, so it just showed the kind of struggles they had up front. Um, but they, they really underperformed last year. Uh, he'll probably... Because I remember him at Shrewsbury. He'd been quite... Been, I think he might have scored against us at their place when we, we lost. I think he scored a goal. But he's a good striker at this level, which is just where we can kind of be just given the service. I know Jennings is good for Tranmere. He's a winger yeah. who plays. I think we were linked with him at the start of the summer. Uh, yeah. Seems to be a good winger at this level. I remember watching the playoff final and being quite useful. It's just whether they can kind of provide service for their, their strikers up top. To, and they've got to perform because of the boots they're filling with James Moore going to Ipswich.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. And uh, Jennings, as I said, already got his um, campaign off to a good start with the goal. So it's going to be difficult. How do you think we should match up, considering Tranmere will probably stick to the 4-2-3-1 formation?
1: Mm. Well, it's, it's tough to say because I've heard last night we pressed quite well from the front, which is not we haven't really seen that often from like a Kenny Jackett team. We tend to sit back quite a bit and absorb pressure. But I heard last night that we kind of got at them on the front foot, and that was mainly due to the kind of Ellis Harrison kind of pressing from the front, is pressing, Kurt's pressing. It'd be nice to see if we went at them straight away from the start and, you know, tried to win the ball high up the pitch, get onto them straight away and getting an early goal is crucial. If we get the early goal, that means we can kind of, there's no pressure on us to attack. We can allow them to make the mistakes and then, like, punish them. Uh, it's hard to say. I'm guessing they're going to set up a 4-2-3-1 but, it might turn more into kind of a 4-5-1 with the two wingers dropping back a little bit more because that's happened so many times at Fratton Park. I'm sure they'd be content with a point and then move on. But we've got to go at them from the start and try and get that early goal. If the early goal comes, I can see us getting, a, a, you know, two or three.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I was just looking up Jennings' stats. He's had nine goals, 10 assists last season for them in the league, which is obviously decent. Um, Yeah, do you know what, mate? Against Birmingham, we pressed a lot and I, I haven't seen Tom Naylor pressing up towards the, the penalty box, you know, putting him under pressure and you had you have a look at close pressing the midfield, two of them were, were sort of pressing and one was holding back, which just depends where they were on the pitch. If that makes sense, yeah. so not, not specific all the time to one player. And you had the wingers pressing all the way up, all the way up to the goal line, effectively. Um, but they did give them very little time on the ball and they did win the ball back a fair amount. Um, it's great to see that sort of high press, isn't it? Because so often Pompey gets so, well, get left so deep and we yeah, can't seem bogged. to get
1: the ball out. They just get bogged down and it's, it's really difficult viewing. But winning the ball high up the pitch, like, especially at this level, unless you're playing against a Luton or a Barnsley, not many teams are going to be able to play out in that kind of expressive way and be fearless about it, I'm fairly sure that Tranmere will not try well won't be able to play out in that kind of way. I know they play some decent football, but they don't really have the quality to do that. If we press them, I'm sure we'd be able to win the ball high of the pitch and then that's when you get your key you know your key men on the ball're going to tuck away the chances.
0: And we're also a little bit more mobile, aren't we, now, up front as well. Yeah. And, you know, Harness is quick, Curtis is quick, you know, Klose and um, R- McCoury is fairly quick as well. Um, and, you know, Naylor closes down positionally really well, doesn't he, as well. So that's a pretty good high press, isn't it? And it's yeah, not as I, if we play against Man City.
1: I definitely agree with the fact that we're more mobile up front. Marquis and uh, Marcus, H- Harness and Harrison as well. McCrory in the midfield I'd just definitely say a lot more mobile because no disrespect to Wally Hawkins but he's not the most mobile player going and to have someone who's a bit more athletic up front who's actually going to put themselves about and try and press them from the front and actually believe they can win the ball could be key for us this season because it's something we lacked towards the end of last season along with a centre like a good centre midfielder but yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because I did do do feel it's something that could be improved this season. Just a bit more tempo from the front, a bit more aggressive in our pressing, win the ball higher of the field.
0: It meant that Birmingham, for you know, quite a long spell of the game, actually didn't have a, a player in our half. Um, had to, mm. And they dropped to extremely deep. And you found Burgess two-thirds worth the pitch, getting the ball, knocking it around, which is great. Uh, yeah. Let's get into it then, Sam. What is your prediction for Saturday?
1: Um, I'm going to go for us to get a clean sheet because I feel that we've been relatively solid defensively. Um, apart from that wonder goal where they couldn't do anything about it. So going to go for a clean sheet. I'm going to go for a 3 0 win. We're going to, I think we're going to get it early on. Hopefully, Marquess gets one early on. And then we'll pick them off in the second half when they are trying to get back into the game, commit a few more, more men forward. And I feel that we'll, um, we'll pick them off in the second half. Cool. Who's, just, who's the goal scorers then, Sam? So i go for Marquis to get one. Uh, Marquis, Curtis, and I'd fancy Ben Close again if he plays because he, yeah, he's got the golden touch. He's going to score again. One of those classic Ben Close, run onto it. Bottom bottom left-hand corner.
0: Nice one. I'm going 2-0. I'm going to go Marquis and Close. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, definitely. Sam, it's been awesome having you on the podcast.
1: Cheers, Hugh. Pleasure as always yeah and
0: um, tell people where they can find you
1: uh yeah on twitter i will try and write a bit more i've been obviously been a bit busy <laughs> i literally work twenty twenty four 24 hours six days a week i'm with kids having to kind of live with them in, a, in the same kind of like place all the time so i've been a bit busy haven't really tried been able to write much but... role model idol yeah <laughs> but, uh, in the next few in, yeah but i've been um, i've been trying to get them to support ports we've got a ports of flag outside so but, love that yeah, if um, in the next few weeks when I get back, going to try and do some reports and stuff from going up to Blackpool away, we'll definitely write one for that. Um, and yeah, uh, so I'm on Twitter. I'll probably tag in one of the things that kind of comes up. I'm sure she'll yeah. tag me in it. Uh, yeah, yes. so if, um, I'm always up for some debate as well, which is, which is um, I like the debates on Twitter <laughs> with some people more than others, but yeah, if yeah. Yeah. anyone re- wants to read my stuff, feel free.
0: Definitely check Sam out. Um, Sam, it's been amazing, mate. And let's hope that Pompey get the win that we both think.
1: Um, I'm more than confident. More than confident. I'll be. Uh, I'll be on my phone getting the updates on Saturday morning.
0: All right. Cheers, Sam. Thanks, mate.
1: Cheers, you. All right. Bye.